the aspect of investing that I like the most. And I think that's the psychology. And as you described, the incredible sort of run up and bubble, the way that sort of crowd psychology works in investment is that people feed off each other and get more and more excited and drive things to short term extremes. And then when those extremes are reached, the pendulum doesn't just swing back slowly towards the middle and sort of track the growth of the industry in a reasonable way. It, it overshoots. It goes way too bearish, way too fearful. People completely give up on it. And it's been a sort of microcosm of an investment cycle with cannabis in the last five years of massive exuberance, a peak, a crash, uh, and then a complete sort of lack of interest and ignorance. And that is where the opportunity lies. And I think the way that uh, crowds do drive markets in that way is is so interesting and if you can be contrarian if you can be counter cyclical in that way the opportunities welcome to the exponential investor podcast want to be a better smarter more clued up investor well you've come to the right place we cover the breakthrough investment ideas you don't hear about in the mainstream to keep you on top of the mega trends and opportunities reshaping our world Hello and welcome to the Exponential Investor Podcast. I'm Kit Winder and I'm joined by Sam Volkering. Sam, how are you doing? Hey Kit, good to be with you. Mixing things up a little bit. Uh, usually it's me kicking things off, but nice to, nice to bring a bit of variety to our uh, Friday morning podcast. Exactly, yeah. Well, I'm sick of you putting me on the spot and so I thought we'd, uh, <laughs> we'd turn the tables today. Uh, and I, was, uh, I wanted to ask you, <laughs> the news came through today and it kind of caught me out because the news was that uh, the German government is actually forming a coalition yeah, and it had been so long since the election that I'd kind of switched off and forgotten that they hadn't already <laughs> yeah. um, but I was wondering have you been looking into that is there anything interesting coming out of this coalition uh, anything that investors should be paying attention to yeah well I mean like so yeah this this happened a while ago isn't it it's like and, and everyone's like oh and Angela, Angela Merkel's just going to be there forever right and it's like actually no it's stuff it's changing right germany's germany's changing it's a, a three-party coalition too i mean they thought uh you know it, it i mean when when do three-way marriages ever work <laughs> nonetheless um yeah change is coming to germany but uh the really interesting thing uh particularly around what i'm looking at uh with uh, my research at the moment is this new coalition uh in germany with the new leading political rule uh, is is almost certain. It's, I use the word certain flippantly a little bit, but uh, they're very keen on passing legislation that is going to legalize the recreational use of cannabis in Germany. Um, so, I mean, it's, it's a little, little bit more nuanced than that, um, obviously, but that's sort of the, the overarching uh, result out of, out of this is that Germany is going to pretty much follow Canada um, in terms of having a fully fledged legalized you know collecting taxes and you know all the things that governments do on you know already do on things like alcohol and, and petrol and cigarettes and all that sort of stuff um, they're going to do on the recreational cannabis market um, so they'll have you know this 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 thriving medicinal cannabis uh, opportunity and they'll also have what would appear to be a, a pretty serious um, move into into opening up the doors for all the all the potential of the recreational cannabis, which which in Germany is surprising. I, I must admit, um, it's probably not the first country you'd think of when you think, okay, in the European area, including the UK, you know, what country is going to sort of open the doors to recreational use 
uh, cannabis uh, as, as a legal industry. Germany wasn't high on that list, but here we are, um, very progressive. Um, and the, the great beer drinking nation of Germany may, may very, very soon become the great uh, cannabis consumption <laughs> market as well, which is huge for the whole whole of Europe, really, I think. I think it's a, it, it, you, there's not a lot being said about it in the mainstream media, um, but I think it's huge. I think it's really big for the European cannabis scene. Well, Sam, there were two things I wanted to follow up on there, but you just mentioned the third. Uh, the first, because could you just quickly outline who the sort of the coalition is roughly between and what we, you know, the sort of the basic uh, tenets of it. And then the, the second question I had um, was you said the mainstream media aren't talking about it. And there's, there's, a, there's a lot to get into there about how there was a cannabis thing a few years ago. I got super excited about it. And sort of the the investment opportunities of picking up after a bubble has burst, I guess, is the conversation here, and yeah. and why you know the market or the mainstream media overlook certain things once once they feel that they're past, and and that's why there's an opportunity for us, maybe. Yeah. So I want to get this right. So I've just I've just pulled it up on on my screen, but the new government brings together uh, Olaf Scholz's uh, left social democrats, the SPD. Uh, the pro-business free Democrats and the German Greens. Uh, so they're the, they're the three parties that are, that are coming together uh, to form this new coalition. Um, and uh, so, yeah, look, what, what's interesting is, is you sort of, you're, you're right about um, the cannabis market or cannabis stocks market, if you will, uh, volatile to say the least. What, what the market uh, tends to do is it tends to, to run pretty hard on major legislative change. So uh, in, I can't remember what year it was, was it, it was 2016 or 2017, um, the US legalized uh, cannabis, recreational cannabis use a bunch across the states. Um, Canada obviously passed legislation as well, legalizing cannabis. So when you get these major economies passing legislation, should point out the US hasn't federally passed it. It's it's a sort of state by state thing, but most US states have opened opened the doors to this and are moving towards uh, full legal recreational use. Um, so those th those things. So Canada and the US certainly saw the market uh, hype and pump pretty hard, to be honest, because. The thought was a, a fully fledged cannabis market, both medicinally and recreationally, would almost be like the alcohol and cigarettes market, um, which is, is a fair relationship to sort of tie to. Um, because what people sort of don't quite understand is there's a, I guess, the cannabis market has a bit of a PR image, right? A bad PR image in terms of most people. And I get this right. So I was at a conference. Uh, two weeks ago uh chairing a few panels it was it was the conference was cannabis europa and it was talking with you know market leaders and industry leaders about you know the cannabis industry and, and how it's growing where the opportunities exist and I, I i caught up with somebody just before i'd actually gone to host um, a couple of these panels and i said that i was i was heading off to this cannabis conference and their first reaction was oh, have you have you packed a couple of of spliffs in your pocket i'm just like you know, the the understanding and awareness of what this industry is actually all about is really is really poor by most people. They just think it's a bunch of potheads, you know, trying to sell, um, you know, rolled up joints 
to, to people in the street. Whereas that couldn't be, couldn't be further from the truth about what this market's all about. You know, there's, there's great amounts of scientific research going into the therapeutic use of, um, of cannabis, both um, the CBD side of things and the psychoactive THC side of things, the chemical compounds within cannabis. Um, there's a, a, a burgeoning market around um, uh, fast-moving consumer goods, everything from, you know, makeup and, and, and uh, wellness goods and services and products to, to beverages um, and consumables, food, food consumables like gummies and a whole bunch of other, um, as I say, different fast-moving consumer goods, FMCG. So there's so much happening in this, in this space, but most people would just think of it as a bunch of stoners. And it's, it's, it's frustrating in that sense because the market tends to look at it that way as well. And investors look at the market that way as well. Whereas in reality, the, the development, the research, the scientific proof behind a lot of this, then the expanding world around it, around the recreational side of things. You know, we're talking about a really big, fast growing industry that sometimes the market gets ahead of it. And then, as you say, it's certainly, you know, come off in the last few years. But I think when you, when you push the boat out and look long-term at, at what this is all about and, and, and how this can impact people's lives from a, from a medicinal perspective, um, and even, you know, on, on the recreational side of things, um, you know, I think there's, there's a great deal of change happening and it's an industry that, yeah, like, like we've seen before, kind of does track that hype cycle. Um, and I think we've sort of come out of that, you know, when the hype cycle peaks and then drops and there's that, that, that real big dip off the, off the drop. And then you see that sort of longer term sustained growth. I think we've gone past that dip now. And I think now with countries like Germany starting to open their doors, and I think we'll see more of it across Europe as Germany kind of sets the scene for how this can be done well by a very large economy. And I think it'll flow to the UK as well um, in a recreational sense um, that, that we're seeing. So, yeah, I think, um, you know, when people understand the market, when they can see really what's happening, there are par parallels to be drawn with the crypto market as well, right, about trying to understand properly what's what's really happening under the hood. It's same for the energy markets too, you know. You, you, I'm sure you talk to a lot of people and they, they just don't quite get what's actually happening and they just get very sort of superficial information. So, you know, it's good for us to be able to talk about these things and to tell people that, you know, there's a lot more to it than just what you might think you, you see on the surface from the mainstream media. Yeah, I mean, the, the presence of widespread misconceptions is something that you and I both have to deal with. And I think... Um, yeah, I actually studied the history of the wars on drugs in Central and South America at university as part of my history degree. It's something yeah, I've right. always been interested in. Uh, and, you know, the, the transition towards legalization of cannabis, first of all, and, and other things later on, seems to me one of the sort of more certain trends for the decades to come, because it, it makes so much sense in terms of re, I guess, reassessing or starting to properly understand the nature of addiction and the nature of uh, drugs. And I think if people look into it that's sort of the uh, the inevitable conclusion that you come to is that the history of the war on drugs and the way that things stand today is uh not for reasons of sort of helping people or doing the right thing it's um uh, grounded in, in much uh baser instincts and has led to very bad outcomes and i think that the mainstream misconception now is that the sort of drugs are bad or they're dangerous or they're associated with crime but if you think that in america i saw recently a colleague of ours dan denning uh, over in the states he shared that a new record was broken in America recently, which is that 100,000 people died from fentanyl 
which is a, a prescribed painkiller. And, and I recently read the book Empire of Pain by Patrick Raleigh and Keefe. It just won the, the Bailey Gifford Book Prize for this year. It's an absolutely outstanding work on Purdue Pharma and the beginnings of the opioid crisis in America, which is a prescription painkiller epidemic that, you know, is like one of the largest killers of people in, you know, the great land of the free America, whose life expectancy, I think, has declined in the last 10 years. It's so bad. Um, so the concept that these incredibly deadly, addictive, aggressive drugs are being not just legalized, but commercially marketed to a population in America and something like cannabis, which actually might have a lot of beneficial properties, um, is being outlawed. It, it doesn't match up. And I think that is something that will get redressed in the years and decades to come, albeit slowly. And the second thing is really the the aspect of investing that I like the most. And I think that's the psychology. And as you described, the incredible sort of run up and bubble, the way that sort of crowd psychology works in investment is that people feed off each other and get more and more excited and drive things to short term extremes. And then when those extremes are reached, the pendulum doesn't just swing back slowly towards the middle and sort of track the growth of the industry in a reasonable way it it overshoots it goes way too bearish way too fearful people completely give up on it and it's been a sort of microcosm of an investment cycle with cannabis in the last five years of massive exuberance a peak a crash uh, and then a complete sort of lack of interest and ignorance and that is where the opportunity lies and i think the way that uh, crowds do drive markets in that way is is so interesting and if you can be contrarian if you can be counter cyclical in that way the opportunities for cannabis are not just huge they're they're right now i mean there's there's a few things starting to come out and the way the capital cycle works is those crashes they clear out the worst companies and the ones that survive are they're better capitalized they're more resilient you know that they're well managed because only the well-managed companies survive that kind of crash and um yeah so this is a great time i think to be looking you will know uh, i think it's pretty clear to everyone listening much more about the technicalities of the industry about the value chain about the opportunities yeah um in terms of specifics but um in terms of the sort of broad picture that's definitely how i see it and it's yeah it's not a few year trend it's a multi-decade trend for me yeah the interesting thing about the european market with this certainly is that it seems to be really building on a um, sort of gold standard quality over quantity uh, approach to things so the thing with like canada and the way they went about it is that they kind of ran before they could walk um, in terms of you had, you know, these huge amounts of production and you didn't necessarily have the immediate market that they expected that they would probably be for that. Uh, so it, it kind of, it did, the market kind of jumped, jumped the gun a little bit on that. Um, that doesn't mean to say that a lot of the companies that have come from this, that are big, you know, big multinational companies listed in, you know, Canada and the US are bad. Um, you know, some of them are real quality companies, but it just means that, You've, the kind of market has 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 now kind of got a bit of a bad smell about it, <laughs> for lack of a better <laughs> phrase. The investors kind of look at it and go, "Oh, that bubble's kind of come and gone." Because they don't, they're not really looking at it from this multi-year, multi-decade perspective, where there's a there's a considerable change coming in in atmosphere around the use of cannabis medicinally and recreationally. And you know, interesting, you you mentioned about the the book. Um, that you'd read and and the opioid crisis, which has clearly become a thing. I even just noticed you know, on Apple um, Apple Plus, the Apple streaming service. You know, there's or was it Disney? Maybe it's Disney. Maybe it's Disney. I can't remember. It's one of those one of those big new streaming services. There's like a, a new show called Dope Sick, which is all about I think the opioid 
crisis or, or big pharma and, and the, you know, the way that they knowingly kind of market these very addictive and ultimately deadly drugs to, to the people in, in the US in particular. Um, and, and the cannabis, the research into cannabis, particularly around therapeutic and medicinal use around pain management, pain relief, um, uh, and, and a whole bunch of other different potential use cases is, is it's exciting. It's, it's phenomenal stuff, really, when you see how beneficial it, it can be. Um, and so you've got, you know, this entire market of, of big pharma that is, you know, worth a, unbelievable amount of wealth that effectively i think is going to radically change as, as we see things like like a, a you know a, a tv series on a major streaming channel start to open people's eyes and minds to the fact that this opioid crisis uh is is a serious thing and that it has to change and that one of the ways out of that is through new novel approaches to to drugs like uh, cannabis, but we don't talk about it in the terms of drugs like we do heroin. You know, this, it's not, it is not the same as something like heroin. We're talking about it in terms of drugs, as in the potential to help people manage um, disease and illness and, and live more comfortable but healthier lifestyles. So that's just one aspect of it. And so, you know, what we're seeing with Germany and the German market, there's produ other production centers around Europe. Um, is, is this, the European market is really starting to to flourish and to grow. And I think we're going to see, um, I think 2022 should be an interesting year again for cannabis companies, particularly in the UK, listing in the UK and in Europe. Um, and so it's certainly an area of focus. You know, I've never really dropped. I've been looking at this market for probably the last five years now, almost six years, um, because it's it's starting to branch out to, to Australia and Asia and, as I say, Europe and the US and Canada are sort of, you know, well down that track as well. Um, and there's just there's just so many facets to it. It's such a, an interesting and exciting area. Once you kind of open your mind and break past that whole <laughs> couple of spliffs in my pocket yeah. kind of kind of nonsense. So I think once people get their head around that and realize that it's you know there's so much more to it, then uh, you know we'll, we'll all be better off for it. So yeah, it's an exciting sector. What's happening in Germany is is really going to give us a good guideline as to how Europe and the UK and this whole region over here can really utilize this as a, as a major market opportunity. Yeah, uh, on the German stuff, I mean, the final point for me is that it's just great to see a Green Party getting into a coalition of a major developed economy. And, true. you know, I know Nicola Sturgeon took a couple of Green Party members uh, of Parliament into her cabinet, I think, and she said it wasn't a coalition, but they were just sort of, you know, just... We, they can stay just along for the ride it was like it's a coalition but they didn't want to call it that um but seeing that in germany i think the, the green party there have demonstrated the flexibility and i guess uh realism required to get themselves into into power and you know the green party here in the uk has a lot of interesting things going on as well um but that's maybe a political trend that is also ahead of the curve and something people should bear in mind because it's not just you know, they're not just uh, going to help develop that particular green industry that we've been talking about in this podcast, but obviously the the wider green energy uh, side of things as well is very exciting. Um, so yeah, two things green in this podcast, one to start and one to finish. Um, but Sam, it's been great. I've enjoyed hosting this one. Uh, thanks to everyone for listening and uh, we'll see what other ways we find to mix it up in the future. Thanks very much for now and we'll see you next Friday. Bye.